Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we are going to be talking about the looming threat of big tech totalitarianism. If you've watched this show before, you'll know that I care a lot about the ways that our lives are being controlled and affected by big technological corporations. I mean, I've made like 20 videos on this subject, and that's an exaggeration, but not even by that much. We've talked a lot here about how big companies are trying to control the public discourse by excluding certain viewpoints from the conversation. And as I'm sure a lot of you have heard this past week, things got dialed up to a whole new level. As the BBC's Dave Lee reported on May 3rd, Facebook is banning several prominent figures it regards as dangerous individuals. The social network accused Alex Jones, host of right-wing conspiracy website Infowars, its UK editor Paul Joseph Watson, and ex-Breitbart news editor Milo Yiannopoulos of hate speech. Louis Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam leader who has expressed anti-Semitic views, will also be excluded. The latest ban also applies on Instagram, which Facebook owns. We've always banned individuals or organizations that promote or engage in violence and hate regardless of ideology, the company said in a statement. The process for evaluating potential violators is extensive and it is what led us to our decision to remove these accounts today. The banned group also includes Paul Nealon, a white supremacist, and Laura Loomer, an anti-Islamic activist with a large social media presence. So essentially, Alex Jones, Paul Joseph Watson, Milo Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, and Louis Farrakhan have been banned from Facebook and Instagram for, according to the company, being dangerous individuals and promoting hate speech. And what makes these bans even worse than previous ones is that Facebook said, quote, it would remove pages, groups, and accounts set up to represent the banned figures and would not even allow the promotion of events when it knows the banned individual is participating. And when giving rationale for banning these users, Facebook seemed to play an insane game of guilty by association. According to BBC, quote, Facebook said Alex Jones had hosted on his program Gavin McInnes, leader of the Proud Boys. McInnes has been designated a hate figure by Facebook. And Facebook also said this year Milo Yiannopoulos had publicly praised both Mr. McInnes and English Defense League founder Tommy Robinson, both banned from the network. Laura Loomer also appeared with Mr. McInnes, and Facebook said she also praised another banned figure, Faith Goldie. If merely praising or appearing with someone who has been banned from Facebook is enough to get you banned from Facebook, then considering that I've had Gavin McInnes and Tommy Robinson on my channel, I might be in some trouble. Social media companies like Facebook have, for a while now, been silencing dissenting opinions. That's not new. But the reason why I wanted to make a video about this latest round of bans is because it represents Facebook's increasing willingness to abandon even any semblance of objectivity in enforcing its terms of service or just, in general, respect for free speech as a principle of civil discourse. And before we go any further, here is a quick message from our sponsor, FreedomWorks. It's not an exaggeration to say that DC liberal are actively trying to import socialism into America. What a lot of people don't know right now is that HHS Secretary Alex Azer is actually helping them by trying to allow foreign governments the ability to dictate the prices of your medicine. FreedomWorks wants you to know that doing this could set medical research back decades, making it harder for researchers to find cures to diseases like diabetes, Alzheimer's, and cancer. And that's why FreedomWorks is doing everything they can to sound the alarm about this and stop Azer's experiment with socialized medicine in its tracks. But they can't do it themselves and they need your help. So they're asking you to go to www.freedomworks.org forward slash Lauren to tell Secretary Azar to fix patients, not prices. 
This would just be another layer of regulation in the healthcare system, one that would harm innovation and mean that new treatments and cures for medical conditions may never be discovered. If there's going to be change, it's going to take every single person listening right now to do it. So you can go to www.freedomworks.org forward slash Lauren to tell Secretary Azar to put America first and fix patients, not prices. www.freedomworks.org forward slash Lauren. You can go there to take action now. That's www.freedomworks.org forward slash Lauren. You see, when social media companies first started banning conservative figures from their platforms, it used to be because someone would say something on that platform that the social media company would claim violated terms of service agreements. Like when Milo Yiannopoulos was banned from Twitter, one of the OG bans, Twitter claimed that it was because he violated their terms of service, which quote, prohibit participating in or inciting targeted abuse of individuals. The alleged abuse in question were some tweets that Milo sent to Ghostbuster actress Leslie Jones. Among other things, Milo had said that Jones was barely literate and quote, shared screenshots that made it appear as if Jones were making profane and offensive postings. After Milo was banned, a lot of people were debating whether what he said actually counted as either inciting or participating in targeted abuse of Leslie Jones. Because even if you do agree that targeted abuse should be disallowed on Twitter, you'd have to be pretty sensitive to think that calling someone barely literate counts as abuse. I mean, it's not nice for sure, but... Is that the same thing as being abusive? I get way worse things said to me on Twitter on a daily basis, and I don't think anyone has ever gotten banned for being mean to me. And actually, that's another problem that people had with Twitter's decision. And it's a theme you're gonna see throughout this entire video, that their enforcement of their terms of service seemed very biased and selective. To this day, verified lefty Twitter users continue to say violent, hateful, and racist things way worse than anything Milo has ever said, yet they're accounts are fine. But whatever, biased enforcement aside, at least with Milo's ban, Twitter was able to say, here is something you said on our platform that we believe violates our terms of service and that's why you're being kicked off. So afterwards, even though a lot of us resented and opposed Milo's Twitter ban, eventually we moved on with the knowledge that Twitter was in fact biased against conservatives, but with the assumption that, hey, maybe if I'm just really careful about what I say on their platform, I'll be okay. But we were wrong. For example, let's look at the case of Lauren Southern's banning from Patreon. In 2017, Southern received an email from Patreon's trust and safety team that read, quote, it appears that you are currently raising funds in order to take part in activities that are likely to cause loss of life. We have therefore decided to remove your page from Patreon and paid out your final balance of $95 to you. We understand that this will come as a disappointment. Please know that we have come to this decision after a long review process and will not consider an appeal. Although it wasn't mentioned specifically in that email, eventually Jack Conte, who is Patreon's CEO and founder, would go on to clarify that Southern's ban had to do with her activities involving generation identity. So this is a boat called the Aquarius that has been illegally bringing in migrants from the Libyan Ocean for the last while. And they're just heading out again to bring in more illegal migrants and we are going to stop them. No way they're coming in here. No way they're bringing in more illegals. Now, since that video was released, Lauren has always very firmly denied that anyone's lives were even remotely in danger or that they were doing anything illegal. Patreon, though, clearly disagreed. And as far as I can tell, this is one of the first instances where someone's behavior off of a platform has gotten them banned from that platform. In any case, though, once again, even though at the time we all made a fuss and Jack Conte even had to do a bit of damage control surrounding the issue, eventually we all moved on. However, the idea of being banned for what Jack calls manifest observable behavior, i.e. your activities off of Patreon, is one that stuck around. Yep, once Patreon figured out that they could get away with banning people for things they did off of the platform, 
they didn't want to stop. They would also go on to ban Faith Goldie for saying the 14 words on a podcast and just last year banned YouTuber Sargon of Akkad for saying the n-word ironically on someone else's channel. The question here is not whether you personally support or condone the actions of Southern, Goldie, or Sargon. The question is whether it should be acceptable for a social media company to monitor the behavior of its users outside of the platform in order to determine whether they should be eligible to continue using the platform. Right now, we're living in a world in which the KGB, I mean, people who don't like you can watch what you do across all social media platforms just monitor your entire online presence and maybe if they know you in real life even your real life presence looking for anything they can use against you any statement or any action that could be interpreted the wrong way to bring back to the politburo i mean the trust and safety team in order to get you kicked off so to be clear first it was saying the wrong thing on social media that could get you kicked off of social media then it was either saying or doing the wrong thing, not just on social media, but in your life in general, that could get you booted off of platforms. And now in this most recent wave of social media purges, we see that merely having the wrong opinion, no matter how you express it, is enough to get you deplatformed. In August of 2018, Facebook, Apple, YouTube, and Spotify banned Alex Jones. They claimed it was for posting hate content, but didn't really point to any specific examples of said hate content. In November of 2018, Gavin McInnes was banned from Facebook and Instagram. It was claimed that this was done because of his connection to the Proud Boys, who are known for brawling with Antifa. And in case anyone was wondering, Antifa groups are still very much active on both of those platforms. And just this past February, Tommy Robinson was banned from Facebook and Instagram. It was claimed that this was also because of hate speech policies, but no actual evidence of Tommy saying either hateful or violent things was ever provided. This is a problem. Look, maybe you don't like Alex Jones. Maybe you don't agree with what he says. I know personally, there are pretty much zero conspiracy theories that I actually buy into, but still being wrong shouldn't be enough to get you kicked off of a platform. Is CNN, is Rachel Maddow gonna be banned for pushing conspiracy theories? Be because make no mistake, they do. No, of course not because they're pushing the right conspiracy theories. And never mind how you even feel about Alex Jones specifically, because when he was being deplatformed, a lot of us who were speaking out against it said that it it's not even about him as an individual because it's not going to stop with him. And we were right. Tommy Robinson, Gavin McInnes, Paul Joseph Watson. These are not right-wing extremists by any means. They are not violent people, despite what the media and Facebook may be trying to say about them. They are not hateful people. They are not racist people. They don't say racist things. This is what we've been trying to warn people about for years, that these social media companies are getting bolder and bolder with their bans. They're now perfectly comfortable kicking people off of their platform for simply espousing mainstream conservative views that okay, just so happened to be packaged up with some edgy memes and maybe anti-establishment rhetoric, really. That's it, that's the only difference between people like Tommy and Gavin and Paul and someone like Donald Trump Jr. or Tucker Carlson. And I don't mean that to say that Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump Jr. are these crazy radicals, no, they're not. It's just that Gavin, Tommy and PJW really are not extremists themselves. They're not. And what's been so frustrating watching this whole thing unfold hasn't been the sheer delight of the leftist authoritarians, because of course they're happy about this, right? Of course they're cheering. No, it's been the sheer apathy and elitism of mainstream conservatives who have sided with these platforms saying, oh no, that could never happen to me. I'm not one of those fringe crazies. Or the naivete or even cowardice of the people who say, yeah, I disagree with the decision, but what are you gonna do?
It's a private company. Listen, we're at a point where something needs to be done about this and something needs to be done right now. And I'm gonna explain why that is. You think you're not gonna be affected by this? You think your views are mainstream enough where you can just slide under the cracks while everyone else is getting booted? Think again. They say you can actually boil a frog alive if you just increase the temperature of the water bit by bit. And that's exactly what these social media companies have been doing. There's a reason why they started off these bans with people like Alex Jones and Milo Yiannopoulos, the conspiracy theorists and provocateurs. It's because they knew most people wouldn't care, but as we can plainly see, they did not stop there. It's gotten so bad that people like Sargon and PJW are being banned, and if you think they are any type of extremist, Odds are, your politics, not theirs, are the radical ones. And heck, if you keep up with Project Veritas, you'll know that Facebook has already taken steps to target people like Steven Crowder and Mike Cernovich and even little old me. Am I any type of extremist? No! You'd have to be insane to think that people like Tucker Carlson or Ben Shapiro aren't on their list as well because remember, the people who run these platforms are so far left that Anyone to the right of Kamala Harris looks like some radical white nationalist. Think about it. Do you really want people like Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey in charge of deciding which viewpoints are too far right to be included in the public discourse? Because I don't. At the end of the day, the only conservatives who are going to be left on these platforms are people like Anna Navarro and Jennifer Rubin, who incidentally can only be called conservative using the progressive principle of self-identification. But we can't touch them, you might be thinking. They're private businesses. So, unless you're some sort of anarcho-capitalist, you'll accept that pretty much every industry in existence today operates with at least some sort of regulation. In fact, the only reason that I think big tech has been able to skate by for as long as it has without regulation is because of the massive amount of money that they spend lobbying the government. But that's not capitalism, that's cronyism. I'm for small government, really I am, but I still accept that restaurants shouldn't be able to serve people rotten food that building contractors shouldn't make walls out of Play-Doh, that manufacturers shouldn't be able to dump toxic waste into our water sources, and that social media or other big tech companies shouldn't be able to interfere with our elections. And yes, that is really what this is all about. Anytime I've criticized social media censorship, I always get people who say, look, social media use is voluntary. If you don't like it, just don't use it. Oh, if it were that simple. Social media is dangerous not because certain users are being banned, but because certain viewpoints are being banned. And whether I personally choose to use social media or not, that is a problem for our democracy. According to Pew, as of 2018, 20% of people get their news from social media and 33% of people get their news from news websites. And reliance on online news sources is even greater when you break things down by age group. Among people 30 to 49 years old, 22% of them often get their news from social media and 42% of them often get their news from news websites. Among people 18 to 29, 36% of them often get their news from social media and 27% often get their news from news websites. In this day and age, if Maybe not a majority, but at least a plurality of people get their news from online sources. But online sources don't allow you to have conservative opinions or advocate for a conservative viewpoint. Do you see how this might be a problem with elections? If you ban a bunch of people for partisan reasons in the midst of a presidential campaign season, that is 
election meddling. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. We're only supposed to care about election meddling when a few Russians buy some Facebook ads. To all the conservatives or the libertarians or even the classical liberals who say we can't touch social media censorship because they're private businesses, they can do what they want. What do you think the future of our movement is going to look like if in five years from now we can't even talk about our viewpoints without getting banned? Seriously, what's the longevity there? Because I'm not seeing it. And the accusation that social media platforms are meddling in elections I think is especially strong considering that Twitter just banned the campaign accounts of Carl Benjamin and Tommy Robinson. Okay fine, they don't believe that those two individuals should be allowed to use Twitter as a platform. That's one thing. But now they're actually saying that even accounts that are merely connected to them, that, that are not run by them, but are just associated with their campaigns for political office, a, a totally legitimate thing, can't even exist. People who don't believe in intervening against these big tech companies are by and large correct in fearing government overreach and big government in general. But they're wrong in failing to realize that just because these companies are privately owned, that doesn't mean they don't pose real threats to our individual freedom. Not wanting to regulate big tech because you value individual freedoms would be like not wanting to use a gun against an armed robber because you value safety. In theory, I get where you're coming from, but we're way past theory. It's true that we should fear totalitarian government because they have a monopoly on violence, but you know what they don't have a monopoly on? Invading your privacy, silencing your opinion, controlling your finances, and subverting democracy. Yep, big tech can and is currently doing all that too. I'm against big government because I don't like totalitarianism, but that doesn't mean that I'm just gonna accept totalitarianism from faceless giant mega corporations. There is so much more that could be said about this, but I think I'm going to end it here for today. And I would love to know what do you guys think? What do you think we can do in order to take back control from these social media companies? That's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.